Welcome to Hablamos, Conversations on Teaching, Learning and Biomultilingualism, the podcast of the ICME EE project at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. As is mentioned in the name, the main goal of this podcast is to embrace multilingualism. So we are going to have conversation around this topic in the classroom and how teachers can support by a multilingual development. I'm Araceli Lovato and I will be your host. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hi, today we have in our podcast um, a member of ICMEE team and she is Christine Leder. So, hi. Hi, nice, nice to be here. Thanks, Thanks for having me. me. Yeah, thank you for for having a conversation with us. So, I always start our podcast asking the professor to tell our audience about their life, our about their their jobs and we would like to know you a little bit more personally. So, can you tell us something about yourself? Um, so, I'm Professor Leader, and I'm a clinical assistant professor in the School of Education at Boston University. Um, I completed my doctorate uh, just down the street at Boston College with Dr. Riesca, who's the PI for ICME, so we go way back. Um, it's been, I've been at BU for three years. In my work here, I direct our bilingual education and CFL licensure program. So I work closely with our students who are working toward ESL licensure and want, um, and any students that want to work with and better support bilingual and immigrant students. Uh, let's see, what else can I tell you? Yeah. Um, I love being part of the faculty here at BU. We have a strong commitment to um, to social justice and supporting um in pre-service and in-service teachers uh, to best support all learners in the classroom. Uh, so I think working on ICME is actually a really great um, collaboration that matches really well with the work that I'm doing here. Good. So what was your first motivation to choose this path in your career? Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, so <I'm> <laughs> I've always been interested um, in language, and I have a um, diverse background myself. I'm a second-generation immigrant. Uh, my parents are both from the Philippines, and I was born here in the States. I actually grew up in Alaska. Um, and uh, when I went to undergrad, I knew that I wanted to enter education, and um, after I finished my undergraduate degree, which I did in Portland, I actually lived in Argentina for a couple of years, wow. and I taught English um, down there, and that was a really great experience. And then I came back to the States, and I was teaching in the Portland, Oregon area for a while. And then after that, I came to Boston. Um, when I was in Portland, I started working on some curriculum work with my school and discovered that I wanted to be better equipped to do that better. And that's what brought me to Boston, um, Boston College, and uh, now later BU. So it was like your experience in Argentina, maybe the one of the main motives to become a bilingual and to choose this path? 
so I think it's a combination of, you know, I grew up in a bilingual home, so, um, and, but didn't have opportunities in school where my parents' language was represented, and so that's something that drives a lot of the questions and things, you know, that I think about. Uh, there was also, you know, we spoke, um, my parents' dialect was Visayat when I was younger, but when I started going to school, my father really pushed for English, um, and I think his drive for English was, really came out of his own experiences of, you know, um, racial and linguistic discrimination that he didn't want me to experience when I was in school. And um, so, you know, what really drives a lot of my work is changing those, you know, perceptions and, you know, that parents might have for their children and then also, you know, uh, working with teachers to be more linguistically sensitive and um, culturally responsive to the children that they're working with in their classroom, right, being better to carve out spaces that um, value, honor, um, and welcome linguistic diversity. And do you think that uh, things have changed a little bit since you were a student and right now? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. You know, yes and no. Right. You know, like in some ways, I think that, you know, we are a lot better as a society at, a, you know, at like talking about things, you know, um, but then you know, we still have so so far to go, right? So, you know, in Massachusetts, uh, which is where I'm located, we recently overturned um, this really awful, you know, uh, we had, so in 2002, Massachusetts passed question two, which um, made us an English-only state. We were, up until very recently, um, one of three states, um, California and Arizona included, you know, who had an English-only policy for education, which just seems so backwards because Massachusetts, you know, tends to be seen as very, like, progressive, yeah. you know, and ahead of the game, you know, in terms of education, but we weren't when, in, um, when it came to supporting our bilingual students, mm -hmm. and um, particularly our black and brown bilingual um, children and families, right? And so something that's been really exciting is um, actually the day before Thanksgiving, so very, very recently, and a cool thing to be grateful for, um, our governor signed the Look Bill, which is the language opportunity um, for our kids bill that um, basically overturned question two. So uh, it's giving schools and districts a lot more freedom to create and do bilingual education. Um, and then it also comes with the, um, the look bill also included the seal of bioliteracy at the state level. Um, so we'll also be having that in Massachusetts. So, you know, it's this, yes, something's gotten better. Um, you know, this is really promising stuff, right? Um, that I think is putting us, like pushing us in, um, in the right direction in terms of supporting um, our multilingual students, particularly those who come from um, bilingual homes. Wow, this is a great news, actually. Um, you know, this for things like this one, it's so important, your job and um, projects like ICME-EE, because there is a still places, there is still misconception about bilingualism and multilingualism. And one of the, the objectives of this podcast is like to help people understand, um, help people to discuss these topics and see that it's, being bilingual or multilingual, it's actually a gift. It's not something bad, right. you know, it's not something that, 
oh my gosh, I'm cursed because I'm bilingual. I'm bilingual. It's okay. actually a gift. Um, as you said, um, with your own experience, uh, a long time ago, and sometimes it depends on the family and the culture, um, we still have these misconce misconceptions like um, being bilingual, it could be something bad for your language de development or for your cultural identity and those things. So it's so important that we have people like you in our world <laughs> and projects like ICME EE to help um, to help others understand the gift of being bilingual and multilingual. So a little bird, I don't know if this expression can be applied in English, but in Spain we said like a little bird, a little bird tell us um, something. So um, I asked Dr. Viesca, like, what can I ask this professor when I'm gonna do the podcast with her? And she told me, ask her, uh, ask her about her background. So I understand now what is so important <laughs> and why she told me that. So this little bull that I already said the name told me that and mm -hmm. it's, it's fascinating. Hi, I'm Kara Viesca from the International Consortium for Multilingual Excellence in Education Project, the project that is bringing you this podcast. It's a five-year, $2.7 million project funded by the Federal Department of Education's Office for English Language Acquisition. Through this project, we are offering fun, free, flexible, and engaging professional learning opportunities for professional learning communities of educators who want to learn more about working with multilingual students. We have over 30 e-workshops available and are continuously designing more. Our e-workshops are innovative, multimedia online resources that allow for groups of educators to collaborate around important topics related to the education of multilingual students through practice-embedded and inquiry-oriented approaches. To see if our e-workshops might be right for you or educators you work with, please visit our website. We're on the College of Education and Human Sciences website at University of Nebraska-Lincoln. So it's cehs.unl.edu backslash I-C-M-E-E. Thanks so much and enjoy. I also, another little bird told me that you recently went to Ecuador. So can you talk about your experience there? Because it sounds that it was a great experience. Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, so I actually had the privilege of traveling down to Quito um, back at the end of October. Um, here at BU, our undergraduates have the opportunity uh, to do their student teaching abroad. And one of the destinations where they can go is Quito in Ecuador. And while they're doing their student teaching, they, um, they are... Um, observed by a university faculty member from BU, and so this year I had the privilege of being the person to go down and observe them teach. What was really wonderful was the students that I visited. Um, most of them I've actually taught before, and a couple of them are my advisees, so it was also really fun to just catch up with them as I haven't seen them, you know? Um, so you but have one of the things... I'm sorry. You have the opportunity to see like the growth of your students, like since you taught them before, you have seen how they are actually teaching right now and how they have grown, right? 
Right. That's actually um, one of my favorite things about the position I have at BU is um, many of the students that I teach, I am also their advisor. So I get to know them really well on like a personal level and then also um, watch them like emerge as educators. And then um, so I got to see students who I taught and advised teaching in Ecuador, which is so exciting to see them actually do a lesson that you've seen them, you know, like work and put together. And um, I actually get to do that as part of my job here as well. So in the spring, we'll have a number of students who are doing their ESL um, student teaching practicum, and I get to observe them and conference with them about their student teaching. It's a really wonderful um, thing that I get to do. I feel very, very fortunate. Great. Well, for some, maybe not all of our audience know what is ELS, there is a difference between ELS, it's English as a second language, right? And then yeah, we yeah, have yeah. ELL, that is English language learner. And the difference, if I'm right, it's ELL, it's when they have English as a context, like teaching an immigrant uh, student here in the United States. And then we have ELS that um, it's teaching English, but the context is another language. That it will be the case in Ecuador, right? So close. Um, that's a good question. Thanks okay. for asking. Um, so, so um, ELL, which actually, uh, so which stands for English Language Learners, which um, more commonly used now is English Learners, so just uh -huh. EL. Um, so that label is um, in the state, in the U.S. public school context, okay. um, students who have the ELL or EL label, or what I like to call classified Ls, are students who are receiving services because they haven't demonstrated English proficiency based on whatever the district or state has mm -hmm. um, for their English proficiency test, right? Okay. Um, so like in Massachusetts, we're a part of the WIDA consortium. Um, and so we use the, the access here and students who are labeled English language learners are students who have received a certain score on the access test. Um, oh. ESL, ESL, which is English as a Second Language, um, usually refers to the classes, um, right, the services that um, English language learners are receiving. Okay. So I'm right. So I was confused. Yeah, it is confusing. I it's mean, very confusing. I, I mean, hopefully so, so that I, my teacher doesn't like my teachers do not listen that to me because I'm gonna fail my course. <laughs> no, <laughs> but so but it's interesting, right? Because you know, in Massachusetts, we have English language learners, right, who are mm -hmm. students who are receiving language services, okay. um, right, and the teachers who deliver those services hold a ESL license. And English is a second language license, right? The language is confusing. Um, oftentimes, because um, you had asked about like abroad, um, oftentimes in countries where English is not the dominant language, you might hear the um, the term ESL, English as a foreign language. Uh, okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's not as common in the context that I work in, um, okay. but is also a common label so we, that you'll hear. We couldn't apply like ELS. We couldn't apply like in a foreign language country, right? Like a, another country. So, so I mean, like some 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 places do though. I do believe that like ESL probably better captures that. Um, but, you know, personally, I'm not a fan of ESL, um, you know, because it has a lot of assumptions with it, right? Because when you have English as a second language, one, like, you're assuming that, like, it has this assumption that that's the, the student's second language they learn, they're learning, and it could be their third, fourth, or fifth, right? Um, and it also privileges English, right? It positions English as, like, this really important um, outcome, right, um, and doesn't at all acknowledge, like, a student's bilingualism. So I'm not a huge fan of the terminology ESL um, or ELL, for that matter, um, if, if I were queen of the world. Um, <laughs> I would prefer using the terminology, um, you know, that Ophelia Garcia uses, you know, emergent bilingual, right, you know, or even just multilingual students. Yeah, um, I, I, will, I, I wanted to say, like, the best way to define all of these terms is just call people, call these new students or new uh, individuals emergent bilingual or bilingual multilingual individuals, and that's it. <laughs> Hallelujah, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> so Get you people see, to do that. <laughs> this, this kind of conversation is so, so productive because of that. I, I just... I'm gonna go home tonight. I'm gonna sleep new in something new and with a, a new idea of the term. <laughs> and probably many people who listen to this, they're gonna have the same perception that I had. And now, you, thanks to you, we have a different perspective. <laughs> cool. So, would you like to add something else to our conversation? Um, I guess. Um... The last thing I just want to say is, you know, in the work, you know, on working with emergent bilinguals, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think it's always important to remember that we're keeping, you know, equity at the forefront, you know. Um, and so I'm really um, privileged and honored to be part of the ICME project um, and to work with a team that is committed to doing that. Um, I think one step in doing that you know, is when we talk to others, like the conversation we just had about labels, talking about the problem of using English language learner or English as a second language, right? Um, that short five-minute conversation we just had, I think can be really powerful for some people to hear, or I hope it is. Yeah. Anyway, right, and that small thing in reframing how we reference and talk about bilingual students can, um, I think and believe, can make a big difference. Yeah, so... Also, we are very glad and happy and appreciate your work. And we are very glad that you are part of our team. I see me, EE. I can talk about I see me if I were like the main leader because I know that Cara will think the same. So we are very grateful, grateful that you are <laughs> part of our team. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for, for this time. I know that you are a very busy 
professor and I really appreciate that you have these this, um, minutes to talk about yourself and your work for ICME and as you said this kind of conversation can help many people to understand and to know more about our world like that is bilingualism and multilingualism so thank you so much for being part of this great team um, and hopefully more people is join us and they can know a little bit more about ourselves. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having me. And, and um, I'll, I'll talk, talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Gracias. Thank you. Gracias. 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 Gracias.